Hi, this is Bill Prater, and welcome to the Business Builders Show, where we feature champions in their respective industries from all over the planet. Our mission is to provide you with timely, provocative, and actionable resources that will inspire, promote, and accelerate your quest for business excellence. Today, we're going to talk about how to find your arrow in life, and we'll do that with Stephen Bianco. Now, Stephen is the president of 42G, an educational social media marketing agency that specializes in social media management and marketing for business, and also supports the educational direction of future social media leaders. So Stephen's the former CEO of Founders, which provides business startups with an entrepreneurial ecosystem, ecosystem to take their ideas in their business models from seed to scale. Founders has developed teaching curriculum to instruct young entrepreneurs in the city of Newark, New Jersey, in, uh, in order to bring uh, or bridge the gap of urban-based entrepreneurship. Stephen's an inspirational and business speaker for over 10 years, and he was the president of 42 Holdings, which specialized in brand ownership of companies within the home services industry. 42 Holdings was the largest franchise owners of both college hunks and hauling junk and moving with locations in New Jersey, Tennessee, Ohio, and Florida, all over the East Coast, if you will. Stephen, it's fantastic to have you here. Bill, thank you so much for having me and for getting through that uh, getting through that bio there. I know that can be uh, tough sometimes, but I, well, I you, appreciate uh, and moving you through. Some cute words like spelled founders in an interesting way and stuff. Yes, like that. you're yes. a clever man, Stephen. Always trying to keep people on their toes, Bill. Always. Yeah, keeping people on your toes. So let's talk about specifically the people that you serve in your current org organization. You know, right now uh, with 42G, we are in the industry of performance-based coaching and business building. And we kind of built that in an interesting way. We found a new niche in the world of digital marketing, social media, brand building. We always know that building a brand and distributing that brand is the most important aspect to building a company. You can have a great asset and a great value, but if nobody knows you exist, you don't exist. And you can't provide a service that others could truly use and need. My whole life was based around coaching. And I say that with a lowercase c and not the capital C as in a athletic coach, although my background has been athletics, coaching has always been one of the core competencies of what I believed in. So this company is a accumulation of a lot of my business failures and learning experiences in human performance and how that helps an individual through their process to build their business or project themselves in corporate America as well so they can truly find what their biggest valuable asset is and put that to use to further their career and service the organization they're looking for. 
with 42G, we build and help people build their performance that then leads them into building their personal brand within their business brand. We then have the assets to help distribute that through social media marketing and social media branding. So um, uh, I think you've touched on this, but can you uh, be really clear to our listeners specifically, what is this problem uh, that this branding, if you will, uh, container word has? So what is the problem about branding that you solve? Well, I'll tell you this, Bill. Branding has two, just two areas that have a functional dysfunction. Okay. And that's the human brand and the business brand. The area that we continuously forget to provide service and work on is why that brand exists and what is its purpose. Now, I say that twofold. I say that on your human brand because so much today is based upon somebody's human branding. That's what social media has created mm -hmm. for our society, the pluses and the minuses, but it's enabled people to brand themselves. Also, the brands of businesses and how we are relaying those brands, what is the purpose and what is the why? And that's one of the misperceptions or one of the areas of branding that is consistently not focused on is what does this brand provide? Why? And what is its purpose? When you develop, truly uncover, peel back that onion of that why, that's when you can actually create what the brand is going to broadcast out into the network for the consumer. The same thing with us personally. In order to project who we, what we want people to see us as, we first have to understand what is our purpose and who we are. So um, I think it'd be fantastic if you could, uh, you know, kind of tap into your memory and give us uh, an example, a case study of how you typically would, would hold somebody's hand and solve their problem. Maybe... Think of somebody in the last in 2022 that you guys have embraced, that's come to you. Tell us how did they find you? Who are they? What's their company look like? And what specifically did you and your team do for them? And what was the result? Sure. Uh, one example can be a young female came to us about seven months ago, found us through our website, 42growth.com, found us through there and is building her first business. First time entrepreneur, never done it before. However, she went on a personal journey to discover what her passion is in life. Her passion is mental health. It's where she is currently employed by an organization. Okay, so she, she found, was on that, the, that journey before she got to you. She was on the journey of working within that field. Oh, I got it. While she's working in that field, she discovers that there is a pocket of a need over here somewhere, and I'm very passionate about that. I think I can develop a business out of this. Okay. So she was seeking 
a group that can help her develop this business because she's never built a business or really been a part of a business per se. She's a social worker. So she was never part of a business organization with no clue of what to do. So she needed help. She needed somebody, an organization that can help her take her idea, turn it into an actual business, and then brand that business so others now know that it exists. But step one was truly unraveling her origins of why she is passionate about this field. During that process, we uncovered that she is so passionate about the field that sometimes she misses how the business should be structured because she's only looking at it through the eyes of a service provider versus the eyes of an innovator in that business space. And so we worked on that for multiple months on a personal level, because when starting a business, it is exactly that. It is a mirror of what the individual who's starting the business, it's a mirror of their life at that time. So they have to, what's called getting their own house in order, in order for them to truly develop this business brand. What is their personal brand first? What is their personal objective? What was her why as to why she was doing this? And then what is her ultimate goal in building this business? And we find that finding, we call that finding your arrow, pointing at that North star. What is that ultimate objective in your life? During once you are able to establish that, you can then determine what areas of life that you have to focus on that help you continue to move on that path, that journey towards that North Star. While we are doing this, we're also adding business pieces to this journey of personal growth. So we're working on the mission before statement. You, before, you, before you go there, so uh, back to the arrow. Mm -hmm. can, you re can you remember, Stephen, what her exact arrow was? And did you guys help it put a, put a name to it? So could you, uh, could you tell us that? Are you open to tell us what her arrow was, if you will? Sure. Her arrow ended up, started off in two pieces. So the first, her first thought is, I want to service underserved people in mental health. Okay. Okay. And I said, well, that's your business objective. What's your life objective? And she said, I want to do what I am passionate about and not have to worry about the finances. Okay, good. I love that. Okay, good. Okay. Sorry for interrupting you. No. Perfect. So let's get into the business building pieces you helped her with. So from there, once we discover what her North Star is, we can now start adding and subtracting different areas of life that are either pulling her arrow down, losing sight of that North Star, 
or coming in, allowing certain things, certain people to come into her arrow that adds value, what we call fuel, to project that arrow to move quicker towards that North Star. Once we start establishing that, and then we go into the general business move growth as to, okay, what is the why of the business? What is the mission statement? What is the vision? What are the core values? Who are you servicing? Who are your first niche group that you're going to service and provide for so people can identify what your value proposition is? How are you going to word and brand this? with the right objective so that the right people truly understand what your ser what service you are trying to provide. How are you creating that mission and vision so you're attracting the right employees, team members to want to be a part of your organization so they can be a direct descendant of what you are and who you are so that you are all aligned properly. And from there, we go into site selection. We go into the actual strategy of what you're actually teaching and why, who that original group is and how you're going to provide for them. The actual location in the city of the first establishment, the first bricks and mortar place, since it's a bricks and mortar business. Where is that city and why? We actually go step by step with them to find that location, how to properly learn about negotiating that with a landlord, those little small things that a young new entrepreneur may not know, even to the point of adding it into her tasks to go to the local township council meetings and to learn as to what is the 10-year plan of this town? Do I fit into this town's 10-year plan? Does my business fit into the 10-year plan of this town? Is my rent going to be, am I going to be rented out is my rent going to grow so much in this town that my business is not going to, going to be able to afford this? Am I going to stay stable in this town? Her brand is multiple locations. So is this an easily accessible first location that you can draw people to and then spread your message to other cities close by later on? So we actually go step by step so that we're there as a partner's interesting one of the areas she said in one of our one of our meetings was that oh, she was getting frustrated and she's like you know this is really hard you know i see this this particular way and i just want to service these people and this entrepreneur thing is so difficult i just need a partner and i stopped her and i said you have a partner that's us and the positive thing the positive thing about that is that you compensate us now and when you do really well, you don't owe us a single thing anymore. But we are your partner during this journey. And we're here for you every step of the way so that you can maintain your complete ownership of what you're doing. And you can find that value in it. And we can provide what a partner could provide for you. Because she was looking, I need someone that just thinks like a business person. I said, well, you have that. You have that in us. But you don't have to give us a piece of it when you're doing extremely well. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. So I, you've, you've touched on this next question a, a little. I think I've got some good insights into it. But you're in a very competitive space, you and your company, as you well know. So how are you different uh, from your, all the competition that's out there helping 
uh, entrepreneurs and small business owners. Sure. So we are in a competitive space in both sectors of what we do, both on the business and performance coaching sector, obviously a very competitive business, and also the social media. On the social media branding side, the competition lies in the fact that there's really nothing. It's so new. It's such a new venture in media that there are a variety of services. You can go from services that'll cost you $99 a month and services that cost you five, $10,000 a month. And there are such, there's such a differentiating factor. Now you get what you pay for in the old common business saying, however, business owners don't really know what's going to be best for them. And that's what makes it so competitive because there's, there's confusion, there's chaos in the market because there hasn't truly been in the small business, in the large business there has been, but in the small business sector in social media, there has not been a longstanding system of, oh, this is the model and here are some commonalities between different businesses. There's such a diversification in what people are offering and what the charges are for the offering that it makes it extremely, extremely competitive through miseducation. So we're on this educational curve of what people truly need when it comes to their business and social media. And it's an ever-changing environment. You know, right now, we're in this process where social media has become extremely complicated. Now, if people can look at it at the face value and think, no, it's not. It's just adding a video and pictures and some words. Oh, heck no, it is not. Those days are long over from that, long over. What we always constantly tell people uh, within our organization is that social media platforms are businesses. I know you use them for your personal use. I know they're enjoyable. I know they're entertainment. I know they're educational. And I know that you find resources and services that you need through advertising. But at the end of the day, these platforms are businesses. That's their number one objective. Their number one objective is not to just feed you information, whether it's information or misinformation, whatever you, how you want to call it. That's not their objective. Their objective is to make money. Right. Each and everything they do is to make money. Every time you're on there, that's to help them make money. Everybody they're paying, all the different algorithmic changes that they make, all the tools that they add, they are all little ways for them to make money. And you're like, well, how? Well, each time you're on there, that's helping them identify you into a cluster, a cluster of what? A cluster of people. You mean me as an individual? No, you as a number, but it's a cluster based upon your searches, what you're looking at, what you're saying, who you're liking, what, what, who you're following, what you're engaged with, what you spend time on, which videos you watch, all those create clusters. Why? For advertising. That's their number one main purpose and number one objective is to advertise. Why is that? That's how they make money. They make money by businesses and people paying advertising costs. And that also drives people back onto these platforms. And so when you start thinking that way, I always like to say this. And they're like, well, it's so, I can create and put things on there for my social media and I don't have to pay anybody and I don't have to do this and I don't have to do that. And, and I can get free advertising. You may think that, 
and you are not getting any free advertising. There's nothing that's free. I use this theory here. And I ask people, I'll ask you, Bill. Bill, if, if, if you built one of these platforms, right? If, if you were forward thinking enough and you came up with this great idea for an incredible social media platform, you thought of it, you raised a couple hundred million dollars on your back, you hired everybody and you branded it out and the entire world is now using your platform that you raised money for or you invested in yourself. And along comes this little guy named Steven and he's building this cute company in his hometown. And he's going to say, I'm going to build this company. I'm going to use this platform as my way to market. And my goal is to make a million dollars a year. Hey, Bill, how do you like me making a million dollars a year on your back by paying you absolutely no money at all? Are you going to allow me to do that? Probably not. Because I spent money on developing this platform. Guess what? In order for you to build your platform or your business, you're going to pay me one way or the other. You're either going to draw a massive amount of attention around your space so that more people come on and stay on so I can advertise to them and they can see the advertising and I can raise my rate card for my advertisers because they're getting more eyeballs, they're getting more clicks, and they're getting more results to pay me more money. Or you're just going to pay me yourself to advertise your product on my platform. Then I will show all of your cute little things that you put up there. I will show it to all the right people so that they see it, click it, and buy from you. If not, I'll just get you thinking that way, but you're really not maximizing it. So this becomes very difficult as we start to move through this. And it was very simple years ago, Bill, when people first got on Facebook. And I remember this, right? I remember conversing with some friends and they're putting big billboard ads out there. I'm no longer doing billboards. I'm no longer doing direct mail. There's this new free thing called Facebook. Can you just put information on there? No one charges you anything. And I can talk and I can do this and people find it. And guess what? That was so long ago when the supply was very small. The supply was very small of the amount of people on there. And the demand was very small. Well, guess what? Now you have a lot of supply and a lot of demand for this information. It's no longer easy because of the crowded field to have all of your information seen like it was before. That you can just simply throw a picture up there and some words and people are going to see it and they're like, oh my goodness, I'm going to go use this guy, Bill. That no longer happens anymore. It's a structured, strategic approach to having your brand broadcasted. This is no longer for your niece and nephew, your son or daughter that you think that just they know how to do it because they can log on to Instagram, Facebook, TikTok or whatnot and they're young so they know how to do it. No, they don't. They have absolutely no clue. I'll tell you why they have absolutely no clue. We have brought on over 300 interns from some of the best institution in, institutions in this country, all between the ages of 18 and 25, that demographic that everybody says, oh, they know how to use it. They can do it. I'll let my niece, my niece or nephew, my son or daughter, I'll let them handle my business account. Well, guess what? Out of all these great people that we brought on board, there's only been two of them that had any darn sense of what to do. I'm not saying they didn't know how to use the platforms for their own benefit. But there's only been two, over, over 300 that we have brought on board 
that have truly understood how to use it for guess what? A business. Entirely different way of thought. Just because your nephew was able to establish 10,000 followers because he's funny, he's cool, or maybe he's super handsome and good looking, and he's established over 10,000 followers to follow him. Guess what? He understands himself. He understands what people like about him. That doesn't mean that he understands what is needed for the buyers of your local pizzeria. He has no idea how to strategically go about that with an objective in mind so that you as a business owner have an ROI on the usage of it. Now, this is very strategic. And so this is part of the battle that we have grown with now to truly consistently try to help find strategic methods of this. And also the things have changed on social media, which we're going through an education process now with clients. So anybody listening that is a small business owner and they're thinking about using social media as a tool for their business. Let me just tell you this to take out of your mind right now. Social media is not a tool for you to increase sales with. It's not a tool for you to increase sales with. You can advertise with the intent to get sales from direct advertising on social media, which you pay for. But just because you are on social media and posting and putting up there, the objective of that is not to sell. The objective of that is to brand. Big difference, branding and selling. Social media is a tool for branding. Social media advertising is a tool for selling if that is your objective. And so we come into this educational process working with clients to say, okay, I'm paying this money and where are my sales from this? Well, we are not your sales agency. We are building your brand so that when someone does go, because this is how a consumer works today, Mm -hmm. a consumer works that they hear about a brand And the immediate search is to go to one of the social media platforms to check it out. I've seen it with friends of mine between the ages of 35 and 55. Hey, there's a great new hotel in Charleston, South Carolina. You should go check it out. Okay, what do they do? They go to the Instagram page to check it out. They don't go to the website. They go to the Instagram page. And I just always pray. I pray. I pray. I pray. I hope they are not trying to sell on this Instagram page. Just show what this place is about and the feeling and the vibe that you're going to have when you go there. That's your branding landing page. And that's why it should be strategic in its creation, in its words, in its usage of who are you marketing towards? And in that objective, are you marketing towards male, female, a certain ethnicity, a certain uh, um, um, socioeconomic demographic? Are you looking at a, 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 a certain geography of people? With that, so many things change when you're looking at a specific objective. So many color, images, that's all basic marketing 101. The best thing about social media is that you can change that at, the, at a split second. You're a hotel in Charleston, South Carolina, and you know that there is a, the WTA tennis tournament is in town. 
for women's professional tennis and you know, okay, what's the demographic of people who are going to come and watch this tennis tournament over this next week? Well, I'm sure that's available. You go study that. What is the demographic? So over from 30 days out when you know, okay, how far in advance are people booking their hotel stays with us or the possibility of it because they're going to come to town to watch the tournament? Well, if your objective is to capture that audience, then during that time period, you should be changing your content to market to that demographic at that specific time. That's beautiful. I, uh, uh, I, I thought, you know, uh, you're going to struggle trying to answer how, to, how you differentiate yourselves. But now it's clear to me that the bottom line is the depth of knowledge that you and I'm sure the rest of the organization brings to this, this, if you will, container topic of social media and branding. So that's beautiful. Stephen, look, I think uh, our listeners have a fantastic idea of your company, you, uh, who, your, uh, who your typical client is, how you go about solving their problem. It was a beautiful story about that young woman. You helped build her business from literally zero. And then finally, how you differentiate yourself from your competition. So thank you for all of that. Now, what we're going to do is I want you, you've got a very colorful, colorful business career, so what I'd like you to do is to go back, roll back time, think about how you launched yourself into business ownership, and tell us some of the key milestones, some of the big successes and what you learned, some of the big mistakes you mentioned that you've made much bunch of mistakes. Tell us a few of those and what you learned from that. So new hat, new deal. Now you're the teacher. Tell us how to build a business. Well, I love putting new hats on. I think it's the, uh, the elixir of life is constantly being able to put a new hat on as you travel through this incredible journey. You know, my business career started, it's very interesting because this whole thing has come full circle. I, I don't know, maybe I have enough time to, to bring it and, and talk about how this circle first started and where we are at today as an organization and where I'm at individually. Shoot, I came from an entrepreneurial family. I didn't know it at the time. I had no idea, but my father was truly an entrepreneur. Um, and, but in the world of pharmacy and he, he really took a mindset of developing multiple tiered pharmacies throughout the state of New Jersey and New York and bringing in a plethora of partners in order to help run all these different pharmacies, but keep them very, mom and pop, but be able to service at a very high level and keep it very community-based. And so I always watched that when I grew up. So I had that little entrepreneurial mindset in my head. But at the end of the day, I started off from an early age coaching. And it took me a while, Bill, to figure this out. And it was so euphoric when I was able to have that moment of, oh my goodness, I've been trying to help people figure out their why all this time. And I finally figured out mine and it's true capacity. And I'm not lying. And you can work with people and you're always a work in progress. I always ask, I ask healers, Hey, you know, you're healing me, but you know, what are you doing to heal you? You know, how do you do that? How do you bridge the gap together? You're there to heal people as a healer. 
And, but you're human too. So you go through ups and downs and challenges in life. So how do you do that? And I asked one of the healers I work with, and she says, that is a profound question uh, to ask. And so she, she said, I, I said, I hope you can be honest with this. She goes, no, I'm a, I'm a work in progress. And I said, I know you are, but I'm thankful that you are a work in progress because that means during that journey that you're working, you're bringing that back to me and you're helping to heal me as well. So I woke up one day and said, oh my goodness, look at back. Steve, when you were in seventh grade, you were coaching people. You were coaching your seventh and eighth grade track and field team when you were a seventh grader. You were developing the workouts. And then when you went to a freshman in college, high school, you walked in as a freshman and you started a workout performance training program for your high school football team as a freshman because there was no program there. And then fast forward, you went to the Air Force Academy, and you sat there and the biggest thrill that you had was sitting in the performance training center and watching and listening to the inspiring words of the strength and conditioning coach that he was relaying to your team. And then you went to Villanova and you found that there was a major glitch in what they were doing in performance training, you thought it was all wrong. So you wrote a thesis disproving the way the strength conditioning coach was training the entire university. And you started a lot of conversation and you got people very angry at you about it. But you were fa infatuated with this coaching area of performance. And you know what? A year after you graduated, they actually terminated the contract of the strength strength conditioning coach and brought on someone entirely new with the same methodology that you had mentioned. And then after that, you started an athletic training center at 22 that was based around performance training. And it all carried the same theme because it was all athletic. But at the end of the day, I looked back and it had nothing to do with athletics. It was all life performance. And someone mm -hmm. came to me one time, they talked about, hey, you know, in the athletic training world, you're not known for the X's and O's, but you, you seem to have these athletes that are always producing. I said, because athletics has nothing to do with X's and O's, especially training. Training is mental. Training is getting someone first to believe in who they are and believe of what they can actually accomplish so that they can actually see where they are going and see who they are becoming. That was the X's and O's to their success. So those 20 some odd kids that trained at that athletic training center in New Jersey at that time, who went on to play professional football, that had nothing to do with the X's and O's of how many reps, how many sets and what style of training you were using. No, it didn't. It all had to do with a mentality of success. It had to do with them the, believing that they had the right not to be common. That if they wanted to, they can be uncommon. And uncommon was going through a route that they truly believed in and were passionate about. And when they found that belief in themselves, that became contagious within that performance training center. And then finally, it took me until I was like 35 years old and I was at Tuck at, at, up at Dartmouth and I took my first Meyer, Myers-Briggs test. And Bill was crazy. When that came out, it came out that, hey, this is your mentality. You have a coaching-based mentality. 
And that's when I truly understood what that purpose was. And it led me to truly start divesting myself even more into this saying of you first plant a seed. When that seed is planted, the next step is to sow that seed. And then comes this thing called time. Time could be six months. Time can be 30 years. But in order to be successful at something, you have to be patient during that time. But you have to sow before that. And at, as that time moves on, the harvest then comes. And it's ready to bear fruit. But at that particular time, you then have to be ready to work. When most people think that when that harvest comes, it's time to sit back and relax and watch everything grow. Because shoot, I planted the seed years ago. I sowed and I waited my time. And now, ha, here comes the glory. And it's not. That's the time to truly dig in and take all those areas that you learn from in life to start working. Because you have found your fruit and it's now time to have others be able to eat that fruit that you have bared. And in order to do that, you have to focus, focus with intent that you are going to use that fruit for good. And during that time that you are growing, and for me, it was a time of business failure. Why are these businesses failing? And I've had some successes, but why are these businesses failing? Why are these relationships failing? Why are these processes failing? And there's this great quote from the 2012, I believe, 2012. No, sorry, 2008, 2000. Yes, 2012, 2012 Olympic Games. There's a great track and field runner named Lolo Jones. And this is an incredible story. Every time I tell this story, my, hand, my hair on the back of my neck stands up. Lolo Jones is one of the greatest American hurdlers that we have seen in a long time. If you don't know track and field, you had no idea who she was beforehand. No idea. We all knew who she was. She came up through LSU. She was fantastic. She's on the circuit. Great personality. Beautiful woman. We all knew in the track and field world if you love that sport. But the world in its major capacity, had no idea who this woman was. And now this Olympic game, she starts being pushed as the great Olympic possible hero. She's now getting some advertisements and she's a very charismatic woman, extremely beautiful human being. And she's being pushed into the marketing of USA track and field and the USA Olympics all, all around. Well, her day comes and she's in the finals of the 110 meter, 110 meter hurdles. She's going over these hurdles and she's clearly in the lead. Up comes the eighth hurdle. She gets over it and here comes the ninth. Now she's in her early, I believe she was in her late 20s or early 30s at the time. So she's put in her time. She's put in the energy. She has sowed. She planted that seed years ago when she was in grammar school. She's done everything along the way to make it this far. The world is hers. This victory is going to make her an absolute, not just a U.S. icon, but a world icon because of all the other things that she has in store. But she has to win this race. That's the way track and field goes. The, hurt, the ninth hurdle, 
she clips it. She falls and she rolls into the 10th hurdle. She doesn't even finish the race. She runs across the line, but she does not win that gold medal. A camera came upon her right afterwards. And although in that massive defeat, the camera says to her, Lolo, what are you thinking right now? What could possibly possibly be on your mind? And she says this simple phrase, because I have fallen, I can now help others get back up. How profound is that when the entire world is staring at you and you have just waited and waited and waited and waited for this victory that you thought was the ticket to your success. When in theory, that fall was the ticket to your success. And I had to realize that and continue to realize that in life is that because I found passion in coaching and developing people in performance in life and performance in business, the only way that you can truly do that in a sense of true understanding is to have as many experiences that you, as you can possibly have and to have as many niches, niches, nicks in the armor so that you can understand and learn from what has happened to you in life so that you can pass that information on to others. I call it the golf ball effect. When they created the golf ball, the first creation of the golf ball was round and smooth until they realized that they can put these little potches in them, little dimples. And when they put the little dimples in there, the engineers discovered that, whoa, this ball goes further. What a metaphorical analysis of life. Sure it is. Yeah, the nice. more notches you have, the more experiences you have, the more pain, the more scars, the further you will go in life. So I, uh, let's, uh, let's talk about now at this very moment. So what's holding you back right now? What do you, what do you see as your next potential scar? What I always say, Bill, what's holding me back right now? Me. That's the only thing holding me back right now is me. That continuous journey to uncover um, how I can help and service people even more, um, how I can be a better human being, how I can continue to learn from the mistakes of myself, the mistakes of others, and how, how I continue to learn how, what value do I have to service others? And I think, you know, if there's something that's holding me back, it's holding us back, it's that. If we come off that true sense of, of, of what it really is, and we're talking about something on business side, everyone else is, is, is clearly figuring out who is in need of our services and how to project that out to them in a manner that they can understand that, yup, that's me. I need that. And that is going to be extremely valuable to me. Being involved with them, paying that fee is going to be extremely valuable to me in the journey that I'm trying to take. And it's going to truly help me get there. Beautiful. So, uh, Stephen, we've got uh, potential customers. We've got uh, vendors. We've got your current employees. We've got uh, all kinds of folks listening. So how would those various stakeholders, potential stakeholders, get in touch with you and your company? 
Well, first of all, uh, we think we have a great place for young people to learn um, about performance life, business performance, and then also the world of social media. And we love taking on interns and people who are truly willing to work and learn and to figure out, hey, how do I become good at this? So if you're somebody that's looking to get involved with social media or looking to get involved in life performance and business performance, definitely check our website out at 4242growth.com. And you can learn more about some of the internship programs you have. You can submit your information, um, go through the application process. We do have a very stringent process as to who comes on board. Uh, We truly want and inspirational people who are really trying uh, to put all all the effort and time into developing themselves. For those who are looking to learn more about how to better perform, check out my Instagram, Bianco Steven, which is B-I-E-N-K-O Steven with a P-H. That's my Instagram handle uh, to learn more about that. You can also direct message me on, uh, on there if you are looking to further your personal life and your business life. If you're a corporate individual and you're looking to rise up that corporate ladder and you're trying to figure out how do I separate myself from all the other great people that are part of this organization? How do I be perform better as a person, as a family person, and then at work? It's all together as three. You can't have one and not have the other. If you, if you expect to climb up that corporate ladder, you have to make sure everything else is in line as well because the pressures that you're going to have upon you during that growth in that corporation are going to shock waves across all those different areas of your life. And you have to be ready for that because then you can actually maximize your performance. If you're a young entrepreneur trying to build your business and you're working and you're trying and you're confused or you just need that boost of energy and motivation, this is a place for you that can help you first build yourself so that you can actually transfer this thought, this feeling into your business as a professional and then have that help and guidance to project your business forward and then distribute it through the different media platforms. So uh, I've asked you quite a few questions. Thanks for your fantastic, frank answers. Now, maybe there's a question, though, that you're waiting for me to ask, and I didn't ask it. So what is that question? What's the answer to that unasked question? I don't know. I think that question could be, why do you do what you do? Um, and I, I, I think the why is that there's so much hidden potential in people. And I think it's an area that we lack. And a lot of people are doing things that they don't really want to do. A lot of people are in places they don't really want to be. A lot of people blame other people for their inefficiencies, their failures, their struggles. Instead of truly spending the time to identify that they are the source of any failures or lack of growth. But because they are the source of that, they are also the source of their recovery. They are also the source of their growth. And so many people are just complacent with where they are and what they're doing in so many aspects of their life. 
from where they're working to what they're doing in, uh, with their family to who they're married to. And that doesn't mean that pick up and get divorced because you feel, no, that doesn't mean that at all. That means that are you committed to what you're supposed to be committed to? Are you committed to your commitment and understanding what that really means? And have you bettered yourself before you start saying, this is not working? It's probably not working because you are not in a good place in life. And because you are not in a good place in life, that spouse, that individual is seeing you entirely differently. And it's not their fault either. So how do you boost that life performance so that you can see yourself through that shining light? And I guarantee you, you'll start seeing your spouse entirely differently as well when you start investing in who you are. I always like to say, you have to believe in you before you can believe in them. Without that belief in self, you can't truly believe and help other people. And we miss that all the time. And we think being a great employee is doing everything that you have to do for the business. I tell you what, spend more time working on you than you do working at your work. Because you will perform a lot better at work if you spend more time caring about you. That's and so that's why I, I do what I do in this setting is I truly feel that there is so much potential in so many of us and getting one more person to find their passion in life and to then transfer that over into their life objective is one more person that they are then going to guide, that they are going to inspire. So the more people that get inspired, they're going to inspire someone else and we will continue to progress and grow in life. That's fantastic. Stephen, that has been great. What a fantastic teacher you are. You're a great business owner. You've got that. I, I love the fact that it's been this, the, the same, as you called it, going full circle. It continues to go full circle, I can tell. So everybody, look, in closing, let's focus on the single fact, and that is that our businesses do not become extraordinary in a single moment. Stephen just told you about that. Instead, they get there as a result of the owner first learning and then applying a proven combination of having the right mindset of a dedication to a system of management. And number three, leveraging high performance teams, including those working directly for you in your organization and outside resources like Stephen right here in front of you and his entire uh, business. Uh, so thanks for listening. And Stephen, thanks for sharing your time with us today. Thanks so much.